Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of Upon Further Review, our mini-major number one, where we'll be discussing Deadpool. Spoiler free, so if you haven't seen it yet, I'm shocked, but if you haven't seen it yet, it's okay. (laughs) What the fuck have you been doing with your life? Yeah, seriously, get out, stop this right now. Go watch the son of a bitch. But theoretically, we're going to do to your face what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Oh, man. So what did you think of it? I thought it was super fun. Yeah. I thought it was just super fucking fun. And, and this is something that I, I tell a lot of people um, to do. Try. Try not to see trailers or teasers or any of this type of stuff. Just try not to see that shit. And go to the movie and just experience it. Because I find what happens right now is there's so much hype. Oh, yeah. So much fucking hype. And you build these ideas, these stories, these these childhood heroes um, that you've read all these years and you're like, oh, they need to do this and they need to do that. And you're watching the trailers and you're like, they better do this and they better do that. And you're building all these expectations. As a filmmaker, that's fucking hard to actually hit. Yeah. Right? I feel for the first time that from all the comics and stuff that I liked, this hit a lot of those beats yep. um, out of the comic book into, you know, the visual language. Um, but I didn't have when I went in, I didn't have any preconceived ideas of what the story was about, who was actually gonna be in it. All I honestly knew was that Colossus was in it, which got me super hard. Um there was Ryan Reynolds who's gonna play Deadpool, which I thought would perfect. Yep. All right. Absolutely perfect. Um and that was about it. Wow. That was about all I That's knew. Nothing. Exactly. And I went in and we went to the eleven AM showing. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to go through the oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the midnight showings and all this. Which are not even fucking real midnight showings anymore. It's no, pissing me the it's hell like off. Eight PM on it's a not Thursday. even a Thursday night. It's a fucking Wednesday at yeah. eight PM. You know what I yeah. mean? So I said, Screw it, I'm gonna go with the grandparents. <laughs> and um, have an early bird special dinner. Exactly, man. Like bre- popcorn for breakfast <laughs> is really good. Sounds amazing. You know? So my wife and I went to like the 11 a.m. barely anybody in the theater we got perfect seats you know and we just we just settled in and we enjoyed the ride man Mm -hmm. and i loved every minute of it you know because i didn't have any expectation yeah i just really i just enjoyed it Mm -hmm. so for me it was really really fun and fucking colossus is one of my favorite how'd they do how'd they do with him (laughs) i think i don't know it's tough because I love what Colossus like represents for the X-Men, but then again, at the same time, I felt like he was kind of a bitch throughout this whole movie. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they definitely, they definitely poked fun at one aspect of, of his, his personality. personality. Yeah. Which so I, I feel see. like he serviced the film, but the film didn't really service Colossus. Well, somebody in this film had to be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. chose it to be Colossus, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Which I thought was kind of an interesting juxtaposition. Um, but all in all, uh, I loved, I mean, the way they created Colossus in this film. I thought it was fucking awesome. There was a bit of me, though, that some of the best parts of being Colossus is like when you get to watch him transform into this giant. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. Um, you didn't get you know, to see that, and he's just steal the whole time. Yep. you know what I mean. But I, it's okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it though. Yeah, I thought, his best. Yes, it was. It was great. I thought I was very happy with that. I kind of was the opposite because Deadpool is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and I mean, I read his comic every. It comes out every two weeks, and I pick it up, 
and I love it. And um, uh, I wasn't as outraged in X Men Origins with or with the Wolverine mm-hmm. the first one. I wasn't as outraged as a lot of people because that wasn't Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was it was Wade Wilson, um, and then they just kind of made him. I whatever. Totally fucking forgot about that. Yeah. Holy shit! I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And um, Weapon X, right? Was Weapon that what, X. when they called yep. him? Fucking yep. Weapon X. Weapon X. So and he wasn't even supposed to be. That was was that supposed to be Deadpool? That was supposed to be Deadpool. Uh-huh. But but the thing is, they just like changed it to ago. whatever it is because the story, the story that they wrote was just like, and it was during the writer strike too. Right. So in a lot of films, really suffered during the writer strike. Because you don't have the writers on set changing it as it goes, mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to go as is. I mean, a lot of people. You're hiring a bunch of hacks like us. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I would not step over those lines. Yeah, right. No way. I'm not gonna be a scab. Even <laughs> I if would I'm be not a scab in, in RB. I don't give a fuck. So you'd never be in WGA. I don't know. It's tough. So it's I a would. tough comment. I, I would. I would, and I wouldn't though, because I mean, the WGA. If you guys are listening to this, I love you still, though. I mean, like, I'm, of course, I would like to be in the WGA, but at the same time, I've heard so many different stories about, like, you're just so confined sometimes with who you can work with and how you can get worked with and yada, 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 yada. I'm like, I don't know, man. My my personality doesn't right. rest in institutionalization of Well, art. I mean, with, with them, with them and SAG, it just kind of protects you uh, long-term when it comes to financially because it's way more easy to get screwed over sure um on non-union stuff so unless again, you're a producer because you're also a producer on a lot of the stuff sure. that you do so regardless your bottom line is kind of taken care of through and through mm-hmm. um but when it comes to writers they're really it's really easy to be like why are they still get why do they think they still well, need a lot to get of times paid? now writers are fucking they're getting their writer's credit and they're getting their pga credits now a lot are, but I wouldn't say that's the that's not the majority. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Either which way, but yeah. I mean, coming back to <laughs> digression. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't digress. even know where how we even that got to that. That's interesting. Um, oh, I get it. Because I mean, with like the writer strike, like I was mm-hmm. saying, with he, yeah, he was Weapon X. A lot of people just hated that, and yeah, that was a complete bastardization of Deadpool. But the point was just to they wanted to use a character from x-men property mm-hmm. and they just happen to choose wade wilson because the fox studio didn't really you know Put when it comes thought into well, it but when it when it comes to non like marvel studios when it comes to stuff like that a lot of the studios that just license the name don't really think the audience will care that much right. if you change it i mean even look at christopher nolan's batman where it's like all the Batman movies. Someone asked me this the other day. They just they're just like, why are all the Batman movies so different? Mm-hmm. And the the reason is Warner Brothers runs it. Yeah, DC, it's a DC thing, but Warner Brothers owns DC, and mm-hmm. they basically give the name Batman to a filmmaker and said, now go nuts, do whatever you want but the with tough, it. I mean, the tough part about that though is like, I feel like Marvel. The cool part about it is like Paul Feig is the guy, Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige, thank you. I mean, the cool part about him, he seems like the the creative director for he's the quality the control quality control exactly of like all the movies but and that's I for feel... marvel studios everybody needs that but most studios don't have that so and that's my point though like i think if you're looking at coming it from a dc standpoint you have you have tim burton's version you have christopher nolan's version now we're gonna have Zack schneider's version mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and there's no consistency yeah i don't i mean i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm saying that's what happens <laughs> like no i agree <laughs> though Fix it, God no damn it. i agree like they should have someone 
And I think that DC was hoping that would be Nolan, and then Nolan bowed out after. You know, I mean, he was a producer in Man of Steel, but he doesn't have anything to do with the other stuff. I think right. maybe he has a producer credit, but that's just because he's good at negotiating. Yeah. Um. But I think DC was hoping Zack Snyder would be their quality control guy for DC, even though he's not a DC guy, but he's a comic book film. Well, I mean, for the guy. first time, you have you know Man of Steel versus the new. Batman. Uh, Batman versus Superman, and I feel like the the tonality is going to stay similar. Mm. Maybe it's a little darker or what have you, but I feel like cinema, cinematically yeah. it's going to feel Now they're going to have that same look. That look yeah, you know? I agree. Where you look at a Marvel movie, and from pretty much the, the, the from start... From first Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, from yep. the, exactly all the way through, it's it feels within the same mm-hmm. context, same world, same world you know, all yeah, that Yeah, and that's great. Uh, but so for me, even though I love Deadpool... And Wolverine, I just because I just was able to remove like that's not Deadpool. Like I was able to just you know <laughs> did I'm you like cry? did you walk out of that thing just like chucking your popcorn? I definitely the there wall? was I will admit there was uh, time in the closet in the fetal position stroking <laughs> no. my own hair saying that's not they're gonna Deadpool. do a remake. Shh. They're gonna do a remake. Shh. They're gonna do a remake. They have it's okay. to. It's okay. That's not Deadpool. It's okay now. Um, <laughs> but I will say what's interesting. Is they got Deadpool right to a T in this film. Yeah, but I what's, feel it. what I found ironic is, uh, so we we all agree that that they basically for the service of the film, they uh, ch- for Wolverine they changed Deadpool just to be what they needed him to be. Mm-hmm. In Deadpool, they did the same thing for that uh, Negasonic teenage warhead. Mm. That's not her superpower in the comic books at all. Oh, really? No, I didn't know anything about that. character. I've never heard of that character whatsoever. But the second I saw the Deadpool twice, and the uh-huh. second time I saw it, there was a Q and A with the uh, writers afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I guess she has some sort of like telepathic or psychic abilities. But for the movie, they wanted to make her like into an actual warhead, uh-huh. basically. So I thought, it was, but I mean, it worked. But I thought it was so funny. I'm like, the thing that people complained about in Wolverine, they're doing in this movie by just servicing the character for whatever they needed it. Interesting. Which it worked and it was fine and no very few people know about that character. Right. Compared to like Deadpool and whatever. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, so but I but I mean so I thought that was kind of an interesting contrast. Sure. Um so my question for you because I'm not as a big fan the same way you are, you know, with Deadpool. Um does it hold true to like the comedic or the comic style in the way that the film yes. film was done? Yes. Um, because in the comics, he's very aware that he's in a comic book. <laughs> That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and there's a, there's a series called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. where he goes through because he knows he's in a comic book. And he goes through and like kills all the other Marvel superheroes. And uh, I don't remember if it's that, but there's also the Illustrated. Deadpool Illustrated, where he goes and kills all works of literature, all characters. Like, he goes and kills the Moby Dick, the sea captain. This is what you get for making me read 100 pages yeah. about a crack. Well, but basically, uh, <laughs> um, but basically, one of those, either the Marvel Universe or Illustrated, one of them ends up with him going and hunting down the actual creator of Deadpool and killing him because he just wants it to end. <laughs> Because he can't die. Right. And his character is actually just very tragic, and he uses humor as a defense mechanism. True. And, um, yeah, so the only thing they changed about him that I'm actually okay with, 
because it's in a film, is his skin. Because what happens is, like, he's healed. He heals so fast that all cells regenerate fast, even cancerous cells. Right. So in the comic book, his body is basically just one open sore. Like, it just... Yeah, it's like gooey and gross, and sometimes there was a. a I have a what the fuck face on right yeah, now. Yeah, oh, you totally I'm like do. Picturing this, the listeners can see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear my mouth drop? But there was even one where Peter Parker put on Deadpool's mask because mm-hmm. they switched things. He's like, "This thing smells awful." He says that because it's like gross. Uh huh. But, but I mean, in the film, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but like his skin just looks super burned yeah his whole body just looks burned right and i'm actually very okay with that because i think it'd be way too gross to have it be the exact same thing in the comics where it's right. like <laughs> very disgusting it's a lot of makeup money too yeah a lot of <laughs> a lot and it kind of ruins the romantic story yeah involved. i i mean for me we we went to go see it my wife and i went to go see it as like a like a valentine's day type of date and it was and it was like awesome man yeah it was it's such a fun a great little love, love story, story. Yeah. yeah super good love story she's um, gorgeous oh my god Holy are you crap. kidding me i didn't like the wig at the beginning but i get that they had to do that to show like time has gone the by the best meet cute i have ever seen in a fucking <laughs> movie dude like i promise you well i'm uh, not gonna get into no. it for obvious spoiler purposes but, but i promise great. you if you're looking at it from a rom-com standpoint one of the best meet cutes i've ever seen yeah i loved it i thought uh I, now also i saw like all the trailers leading up to it okay and i'm glad i saw it twice uh i loved it i i thought it was a blast but the first time i saw a lot of they show a lot in the trailers. See, that's why different. I don't watch them, dude. Yeah, so for me, it's like they did show really a lot. And the second time, I just got to sit down, enjoy it, because I knew what was kind of getting in, what I was getting into when sure. it comes to like knowing how the trailer showed a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I mean, the writers talked about how I don't, I don't know. I, they talked about how. They did a draft that was PG-13, and it missed some of the teeth. You know, I think they could have. And they even said when they did the PG-13 draft, not a lot was taken out. Right. I mean, they and they say it just didn't have the teeth. I think this could have been—I'm not complaining it was radar, but I think it could have been— just as good or close to in PG thirteen. Yeah, I mean, what was I mean? Other than like swearing, swearing, but there was some the, strong yeah. sexual content, nudity, and some gore. Yeah, I mean, I could have probably seen it as PG, but you know what? Though at the same time, I do love that it was rated R. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, like I really, it really made it stand out. And Fox is super happy because well, it was a gamble. Even more overthinking about the reason why I like that it was rated R because I went to a Marvel movie without a bunch of fucking kids in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was able to watch it with some adults, goddammit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think the last Marvel movie I went to, there was a bunch of kids fucking running around. Oh, totally. So high school kids are just kind of there. The they're time. on their phone the fucking whole time. And, and I'm that like, screen just yeah. I'm just like, goddamn, you hate. 1992, put your fucking phone away. You know, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, and I think at the same time, watching it with a bunch of, you know, adults and things, yeah. like, it's just a different tone. Totally. You know, which I thought was rather interesting. I think it's hilarious that there have been a lot of parents complaining that they're like, I can't, I just can't believe all that was in the movie. I mean, I took my which son comes to, to go show see how much it. of pussies parents have become. Well, but the thing is, I mean, I saw a it wasn't Facebook that post. Bad. No, but I saw a Facebook post was like, oh my God. We had to. I brought my eight year old or whatever to see it, and we it's had to walk rated out. Rated R, you dumb shit. Yeah, they're like, we walked out in twenty minutes. If I wish they would have just warned you, it's like it's rated R. That is the fucking warning. And because parents were still stupid about that, the MPAA even added reasons why it's rated R. Right on the fucking thing. 
So, I mean, it says like graph, like nudity, gore, yeah. uh, language. It has everything. Strong sexual content. There was, yeah, there was nothing on that warning or, you know, missing from that warning that right, was right. in it. Well, so. Suck it up, you, f- hide the fuck up, you pussies. It was like, like, I don't understand this. I, I used to date this woman that had a 10 and 11 year old. And even when we broke up, like they played video games all mm-hmm. the time. And after we broke up, she gave me a call saying, yeah, my. Um, um, my ten-year-old wants uh, Grand Theft Auto Four because I play that game. And she's like, "Would you recommend it?" I'm like, "No, uh, he's ten. Yeah, that's rated M for mature. Sure, for a but reason. That's just relative, though. I think this is the hardest part for me because I may be too liberal. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't understand the need to hide most of that stuff. To be honest with you, you know what I mean. Like, well, if but kids, I knew her. Her stand. Well, yeah. Put that shit aside. I mean, I would if if I had a kid. And they were like ten years old. I would have took him to go see this movie. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. All right. You know, I don't give a. Uh, at the same time, man, I don't understand what it. What's the difference is going to be when you're trying to hide it from a kid, especially at a at ten, eight, ten years old? Because guess what fucking happens at that age? You're they learn find about a, that in school. You, you learn about it in school. You also um, they'll find a way to watch it, whether you say yes or no. Anyway. Yeah, and I guess I guess the big difference is, um, like my parents, we would watch stuff together, and they would. I mean, granted, it wasn't rated R stuff, but if there was ever any sexual stuff or any whatever, you know, we would have a conversation about it. Afterwards. That's my point. Like, Whereas now, though, I feel like parent or parents, the vocal ones, are the ones who expect the media to parent their kids for them, and then yeah. they'll complain about it. Yeah, and exactly. It's like, like, no, I don't really want you to do that. I'm like, if my kids is just like, why is that dude's junk in her mouth I'd be like well that's how you got here so. when a man and a woman love yeah. each other <laughs> exactly I don't understand the difference junk goes into the other person's mouth junk yeah I mean that's the way it works <laughs> and I don't mind telling my kids that stuff because they're gonna learn it anyway you know from their friends and learn the wrong things exactly or learn the disrespectful things yeah. you know what I'm saying like fuck get over yourselves god mm. damn it they, you mean to tell me that you won't let your kid go see a fucking rated R movie with you but you'll let them have a fucking cell phone where they have porn right at their goddamn fingertips yeah, or you'll let them the have fuck out of town man you'll have them have like Xbox Live where people are saying like a lot of <laughs> shit over that yeah. I briefly had Xbox Live noob, and I'm know? like eight year olds are saying words I've never even heard of before so my point is I would let my kids go see Deadpool that's, that's a great moral <laughs> of the story exactly but I mean other than that I think it was it was exactly the thing I love, I, I feel like this and Ant Man, they knew exactly what they were supposed to Dude, be. Totally, I loved Ant Man. Oh my god, I love that movie so much. It was great, but it knew exactly what it was supposed Doing. to be. And you see some superhero movies or some action movies where they really, you can tell the filmmakers trying to tell you how you're supposed to interpret this film, mm-hmm. and it feels so forced and so like heavy, and it's like they're trying so hard to make you go. Almost like against this. the grain. Yeah. Whereas with Ant Man and Deadpool, they were so smart, and they were that was exactly what they were supposed to be, and you just enjoyed the ride. Yeah, totally, totally agree with. And you. it was totally respecting 
people who know the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was like one of the first, uh, at least movies that I've seen, that they looked at the comic book and said, okay, well, how do we visually communicate this character on the screen? 100%. You know, and I think they they didn't think about what the studios wanted first. They thought about, okay, well, let's make a fan fucking film, mm-hmm. you know, and that I think is where the most, ex- the reason why this thing was so successful. And what, what I, I, I forgot to grab the article. I will link it in the, the description because if you haven't Look seen down it, below. If you haven't seen this article on which deadline.com is like far and above one of the best industry uh, news, places. news places to go to. And one of their guys really pissed me off because he had an article saying like all these studio and producers are boggled by the success of Deadpool and he had an article listing these quote unquote inside studio people who wouldn't be named thank God because they're idiots saying like they don't know maybe it's because of this maybe it's because of that I don't know and it's like fucking this is textbook how to make a movie successful yeah this isn't successful in spite of what should happen this is fucking literally by the book what anybody in film school if you learn Anything in film school, you should learn how to make this. This is, like I said, like fucking textbook. If yeah. it isn't, it should be. You have a moderate budget. You know, it's $58 million, which sounds like a lot, but to studios, yeah, but that's studio, moderate yeah. as shit. It's like almost 60 grand less than they normally, or $60 million less right. than they normally spend. You have the two writers, the star, and the director who have worked their asses off for a decade mm-hmm. getting this made and working together the right, by and the working way. together yeah i mean listen to the q a ryan reynolds and the director even though they weren't there every day like the writers were they were mm-hmm. fucking in it right they were all working together you have four people who just four not um not a not like how warner brothers has like every producer has to have their say to seem relevant mm, do we really really need this in yeah this shop? i'm not really sure maybe one less f word in can this. we change the red to blue <laughs> i feel yeah. it's a little bit more uh calm it's not top heavy from the start you have the four only four people right who are respectful of the intellectual property Mm-hmm. And respectful of the fans of the intellectual property, right? Making a film their way, and it's fucking the highest grossing rated R movie of all time because they followed a formula that should work for. There should be used for every film, mm-hmm. you so, know. And I the do. marketing was smart, and yeah. the way. And you have active. You have Ryan Reynolds going on. Although. There. To the same point about the marketing scenario, and this is something that I was wanted to bring up earlier, but you just dinged it back. Um, You're welcome. The hype that ended up happening because it almost, you know, it was in production, then it was out of production, yeah. and then the leak footage, and yep. then that footage of Comic Con, you got everybody dick. That's the thing that finally moved it forward. Yeah, everybody got dick hard at Comic Con, and they're like, bring it back, yep. bring it back. And then all of a sudden, then it had this like resurgence, yep. you know what I mean? And I think what's really cool about that is. If you're going to make a fucking comic book movie off of a character that people absolutely adore, like somebody like Deadpool, make it for the fans. Yep. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't make it for what they did with fucking Batman and Robin. Don't make it to goddamn just sell fucking toys. Right. You know what I mean? Do it because you want the fans because to appreciate it. Because guess what? The toys will sell if you make a movie that the fans And you're going to get a bunch of 30-year-old dudes like us buying the toys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's crazy even about this film because they respected it, but yet... They put 
that the very simple, the the purest form of this character in this film, and they added the the like different elements to it. They kept the core artistic integrity of the character mm-hmm. and added the elements of the the romantic comedy and added the different elements. You can do that if you keep that core piece in there you can play with it right because the comic is not a rom-com the comic is not all that stuff but the that's the character yeah that's and because of that transition that into to like the cinematic language right. like that's the essence of who this well, character and really that's is that's how you get a larger audience than just that core audience yeah just the demo and that's why you have women coming out of the screening of it giving that film high cinema scores and people over 55 coming out of that giving high cinema scores is because you're adding familiar elements, but you're not losing what makes that character who he is. Well, there you have it, guys. There you have it. We solved it. But solved so that it. I'm gonna link that article. But it's I'm just telling you, it will. It's a piece. Don't listen to it because well, if <laughs> any piss you off. Well, just if any producer genuinely does not get why this is successful, they shouldn't be a producer. That's some strong words. I just, I it's just, and I mean it. And <laughs> but and uh, what's his name? I also, I also link this in there. But the director of Guardians of the Galaxy had a fear because of the success of this film that's actually now happening. But he was worried. He loved it. Yeah, I remember um, James Gunn, James Tim Gunn, James James. James okay, uh, he loved it. But he said he's worried that now studios are going to think okay we need to make all these movies R. we Mm -hmm. need to make them all gory and language and he's worried he's like the reason it worked is because what we've been talking about it's unique Mm -hmm. it's fun it's what that character is to its core right um it has whether or not and whether or not uh, uh, R is irrelevant unless it applies to that character right and i i kind of agree with him because if you look at you know the track record for how Hollywood makes movies is well, this was like this, so let's make every other movie, whether yep. it fits the fucking tonality. Well, because of, the of Batman character. Begins, all of a sudden, all superhero movies have to be—I hate this word because it doesn't really mean anything—gritty. Mm, yeah. Like all, they all need to be gritty. Well, that's a, that, does that word mean? doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, I think for me, the um, the idea with what James Gunn is kind of talking about, I hope it doesn't happen. Well, they're already discussing it with the third Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Which I think of all of them, that one could be R. Yeah, I mean Wolverine from the fucking he slices people. Dude, Wolverine from the comic books is like brutal as they Yeah, and get, if they're doing man. Old Man Logan, um, Chris actually brought up if they do Old Man Logan, it kind of needs to be R because that's yeah. grim as shit. Totally, and so it's very I'm a, violent. So I'm, I'm okay a, with that. But right. the DVD version of Batman versus Superman is going to be R. Interesting. They've already kind of brought that. But up. But they won't bring the R to the screen. They're not bringing the R Why, to the screen though. Because they need PG-13. That was one of the reasons why they tried to do a Deadpool PG-13 is because they're worried that they would lose some of the audience coming in because mm. that's what studio accountants say. Got it. Because it is. I mean, you're kind well, of like hedging counters your anyways, and it's just but, like, fucking I mean, a, man. But that's what... When you, but that's the thing. When you have a movie that costs as much as Batman versus Superman, you can do it with Deadpool because it's a smaller budget. Right. But when it comes to Batman versus Superman, so much money is involved, you are terrified to eliminate theoretically eliminate they're gonna see it anyway well the thing the thing that is starting to annoy me right now within this whole the gambit you know what i mean of no pun intended (laughs) x-men fans right um of all these fucking um superhero movies is that you you run the risk of just ruining this stuff or you run the risk of doing it justice you know and we're we're 
we're keeping um, people. Why? Well, how can I, it's tough for me to bring out the words? I have it at the tip of my tongue, but ultimately, the annoying part for me is that you have these bean counters that are just looking at this stuff from you know from a money standpoint. Yeah. Where this is the argument that tends to keep happening, and which you is can't crazy. Win. No. There's no winning on either side of this fucking argument right. because it's either they got it right or they got it wrong. And, and if they make money back, it doesn't fucking matter because guess what? It's a business. Right. And that's the thing that annoys the hell out of me because guys like us that go to film for for the story, cinematic. the cinematic experience, we're going to see do they get it right from the comic books or do they take creative liberty? You know, and what I mean? we still thing, go to pay to see it is the other fucking That's the thing part. that drives the shit out of me, and I completely agree with you. But what drives the shit out of me is Kevin Feige proved here's how you make a successful superhero movie. One sentence. Keep it faithful to the co- to the faithful comic, to yeah. the comic, right. faithful to the source material. Make it that's, for the fucking fans. That's, that's what, they're what there for. you do. Right. If you add any other element, it's keep it faithful. Mm-hmm. Step two, give it an angle. Yeah. So you have a we have Ant Man is a heist film. Right. You have Captain America Winter Soldier. That's fucking spy games. Right. You know, you you have all this stuff. The big event movies, if anything, are like the Avengers. They're right. trying to make, you know, Captain America Civil War is going to be an event film. It's like Avengers 2.5. Right. But all of these movies, they have the first X-Men movie that Brian Singer did masterfully. It's freaking racism. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you had, but he kept the characters what they were. Right. You know, and you racism, can, it could be, you know, the gay culture. It's any. I mean, it's it, all that. It's, yeah. It's World War Two. It's AIDS, like I think. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. No. No. It's fine. It's Holocaust. Ah, is what it either is. Either which way. Yeah. Right, right. Right. I mean, it's any of that stuff. It's it's social warfare. You right. know, it's class warfare. Is what it is. Right. The quote unquote freaks versus normal people. Right. And it's like the fear of what if they take us over. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're even dealing with the X Men with the freaking Syrian refugees coming over here, where right. it's like we don't know. You know, it could be one or two out of the bad ones. Like, oh, no, what do we do? So do we really take out all of these people because there's a couple bad right. that might be a part of that? And then wouldn't that, on the flip side, wouldn't that cause more of them to become bad because they're seeing this hostility towards them? It's like, holy shit, how do I react to this? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's this whole, like, discussion that will always last. But they're able to translate that into the screen. Right. And by, but by keeping the source material the same. And it's right. not a difficult formula but because those people that are you, you know you call them the bean counters and because you have all these producers who aren't comic book people coming in all they're seeing is how do we get more people to want to go see this what do we need to add these elements to it that have nothing to do with the comic but hey they've proven according to our numbers people love this right people love kate hudson how can we add a kate hudson element <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aquaman's coming out. What's the Kate Hudson angle on this? On People this love piece. this. How funny. You know, like yeah. they'll add shit that doesn't matter. You know, where they add shit that just it, the formula is so pure. Yeah, and they're they're afraid to do it because sometimes it goes against what has proven to work in just films. Right. You know, so that's that's the that's the thing that's very frustrating. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and you know what? Only time will tell, to be honest with yeah, you. We'll I mean, see. I think we I mean, it's kind of cool to be a part of the of a new age of cinema because we're kind of living through it. 
um, with these new comic movies coming out because we got to see it from the inceptions of some of the um you know x-men and spider-man and things like that and then transitioning mm-hmm. into the iron man like that was a whole new direction that with this stuff and opened then, the door yeah you know and where i think right now where we're at i think there's always been like um catalyst movies that yeah. that t- allowed these movies to take a different turn which i think is good and i think and deadpool, deadpool didn't realize it would be but it is but definitely got a catalyst so that that makes me excited to see what where we go from where here because it there. definitely changed the landscape of superhero movies so go see it go see it it's amazing all right i think that's all we got so thanks for tuning into our little little extra mini episode i guess mini sods <laughs> i don't mini know major i don't know how long that last is kind of we'll long see. but we'll see yeah if you guys like more stuff like this message us for sure. Tell us what movies you want us to cover of the the big ones coming out. We're going to do another one of these for like Batman versus Superman. For show. Suicide Squad and Captain mm-hmm. America. And it should be pretty great. Cool, man. All right. Always a pleasure. Thank you.